Welcome back to the In the Dugout podcast. My name is Jason Ward, a.k.a. Red Sox Dugout, joined by Garrett Jacobs-Meyer and Alex Jefferson. What's up? Wow. Baseball things are happening. I can smell baseball in the air. Ben Attendee's flow is back, which that's a, that's a sign right there that baseball is back, and in a great way. We were without that last year, but his flow is back. This is huge news. Which means we'll be good again, right? Right. He's going to go nuts. He's like, I can't, I can't even emphasize enough how important this is that his hair is back. It's like his magical ability is back. The key to Andrew Benintendi is back on his head and flowing in the wind. Maybe the guy can do some power. <laughs> yeah, I, the strength is in the hair too. It's single-handedly yeah, going to save our season. I, yeah, I think it will. Um, I mean, that's been my favorite part of all the pictures coming out of Fenway is just seeing Andrew Benatendi running or hitting with the, those luscious locks flowing behind him. No, dude, there's funny pictures of, like, players sitting by themselves and, like, the right field bleachers are – they kind of – I love those. Oh, yeah, just zoomed out all the way. way. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. They're just sitting there. I don't know if they do that on purpose or if, like, a cameraman says, all right, we're going to get you a picture just sitting alone in all the stadium, you know? COVID, um, we'll put this in a freaking time capsule. Yeah. I think there was a picture of Anthony Rizzo that the MLB posted, like, of him sitting in, at Wrigley, like, by himself. They were, they were quite funny. Yeah. Another cool thing, too, uh, we were seeing pictures of it when camp first broke uh, in the beginning of July a couple days ago. But what Fenway Park did with the not only the, the suites that they turned into the clubhouse, individual clubhouses for – uh, two Red Sox players each. Those are amazing. But then they also turned the whole concourse into like a workout area. They put down the green turf. They got all the weights and everything. It's really cool and creative what they're doing there. Guys. Guys. Yeah. I yeah, Garrett. An animal. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Oh, shoot. It's a bunny. Oh, that's so cute. Okay. I'm going back now. Sorry. Right. Never mind. We're good. For, for, for reference, context, Garrett's, Garrett's uh, camping. The of the woods. Yeah, he's camping. So um, I'm camping on Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, yeah, I'm pumped. I was just sitting here. I'm sitting by a basketball hoop um, in the middle of nowhere, and I just saw I saw an animal. I was like, "This is too big to be a squirrel." Get funny. him on the pod. I would love to, but he jumped way faster than I can jump. So. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the, the suites in the clubhouses and the concourse into a workout area. It's so yeah. cool. It looked really thick. Yeah, we saw um, it was Michael Chavis. He was showing us around. Uh, him and Verdugo have that suite, and it, it's really cool. They got the, the locker rooms against the wall, and then you walk out the suite, and it's that great view of Fenway Park that you get in that box there. And, I mean, I don't know how the players are ever going to want to go back to the clubhouse after getting that. You got all that space in there. <laughs> you got the great view. It's amazing. Can we just talk about how dynamic of a duo Alex Verdugo and Michael Chavis are would be like as roommates? Like that's I love that, yeah. That's and a then, squad. And then of course Xander Bogarts and Raphael Devers have a, a clubhouse together, and I would love to be in there just to see what's going on. <laughs> Did they get to pick Bo- their clubhouse? I don't really know. Maybe. Bogey's definitely like spoon feeding Devers his applesauce <laughs> for lunch every day. <laughs> <laughs> You have like Xander Bogarts in the corner watching film, and then Devers in the other corner coloring and coloring books. No, no, no. Bogarts is trying to play Fortnite, and oh yeah, and E Rod's asking him to uh, sign his permission slip for his field trip next week. Yeah, 
to go to Yankee Stadium. And then, like I was saying, they turned the concourse into a workout area. And I, I think that's really cool. I actually think they should leave it like that for when the fans come back just to see what happens. What? Why, so we can embarrass ourselves on, in no. front of... You know who would... Joey would go nuts with that. He would start uh, doing... Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, he would. He would, well, he would try to go nuts. I don't know how successful he would, he'd be. He would attempt, yeah. Dude, working out in front of a crowd is not fun. Like, imagine that you're walking into the stadium with all those people and, like, you're the guy who's like, yeah, man, I can put up all this weight. And then you just fail and you fall flat on your face. You're just trying to get, like, a hot dog and you have to go through these dudes pumping iron. <laughs> Dude, I, was, uh, I, went to a, I went to a combine for, like, high school football or whatever just to get some numbers. And you had to bench 185. And this was the summer going into my junior season. I could not even get close to benching 185. And I stood in front of like 100 kids my age trying to bench. I couldn't even get it up. It was so embarrassing. So I'm just imagining the like Red Sox fans, the crowds that walk through the, uh, walk through the stadium chanting Red so- or Yankees suck, watching me fail to get weight up as I'm like trying to impress my girlfriend as I'm walking through Red Sox stadium, you know? Yeah, that, 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 was, be that was oddly specific. Like that was... <laughs> That was almost concerningly specific. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Sorry. So other news coming out of, of Red Sox camp. Um, obviously, we have the whole COVID-19 thing still going on, and the Red Sox do have some positive tests. Eduardo Rodriguez, Bobby Dahlbeck, Darwinson Hernandez, and Josh Taylor were the four Red Sox players who tested positive. However, Dahlbeck has been uh, cleared to play as of today, so he should be back working out. But um, Eduardo Rodriguez is still isolated in Florida after testing positive, so he's questionable for opening day. He's fine with it, though, because yeah. he just wants to play Fortnite. Yeah. I don't think he's, he's going to pitch opening day at all. I mean, he's totally off schedule. Right. Like, even if he tests negative, he still has, get, has to get up to game speed. And to pitch opening exactly, day, I just yeah. don't think that's going to happen. I was glad that went last year. Mm. Yeah, especially with Chris Sale, like, and his, uh, like – We've seen like the pitchers trying to be rushed back before it doesn't work. Just like let him, yeah. let him take his time. So, yeah. if we got no era, that means Nathan Avaldi is next up to be the opening day starter. Um, I heard that sentence, and like I love Avaldi, and I think he's going to do great. But the fact that he was like our fourth or fifth starter last year, he w- he wasn't even in the rotation for a little while, and now he's the number one starter, the ace opening opening it up on opening day. So. Ace is a strong word that you're using. Acting ace, it's I don't a know. disaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There needs to be another adjective in there. Substitute ace. <laughs> yeah, it it really is. A, it's a disaster. That's not. I mean, I, I love the guy. I, if he pitches well, we can really have a season to surprise people. He's kind of the X factor, especially in our rotation. But geez, to put him on the mound day one. Especially when in a sixty-game season you got to start real fast. That's scary. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. If he if he doesn't perform well, I'm concerned for the entire pitching staff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, what pitching staff? <laughs> like, I mean, you're right. So if he's your number one, I mean, we did this last time. We did a podcast too. Going through the rotation is scary. But if he's your number one, you got what? Martin Perez is your number two. Ryan Weber, it's so it's so scary to think about what this rotation is shaping up to be. I, yep. I'm just hoping that because it's a, a 60 game season, the, the weirdness of it all could make the Red Sox rotation not really too much of an issue. Um, so, so the thing is, 60 game season 
how how good do you have to be for a 60 game season so think about it I feel like a 60 game season is the perfect opportunity for like a bad rotation to pretend it's good because over like a 162 game season or whatever you know whatever they play you can't really fake it a 60 game season if if things go your way you can fake it you know I, I think at least say people start clicking they start getting hot it can happen you never know what can happen in a game that in a season that short. Yeah. yeah. Plus, baseball is such a streaky game that like it might be beneficial. You never know. I was joking about it last week, but I really do have like some kind of a feeling that Martin Perez is actually going to be pretty good. Let's not go crazy. I, I don't know. I he was working out through the whole virus pitching. He says he's ready. He says he's going to have a great season. I there's some there's some kind of hope there. Maybe it's just I don't want to. I just don't want to think of this rotation with Martin Perez being bad because we can't afford that. <laughs> Maybe I'm just yeah. trying to speak it into existence, but uh, it, it could happen. I, you don't know. It could. I'm just. I'm very concerned about. You know, obviously, it's tough to think about the upcoming season for how the games are going to go without thinking about how the actual season is going to happen because I'm a little worried for the entirety of baseball, the entirety of sports. Honestly, yeah. especially with these positive tests. And I, what happens if you get a positive test? And is the MLB – how does the MLB work? Are they going to tell people? Are they going to tell the public when positive tests happen during the season? Or what's going to happen? Does, does anyone know? Well, it's weird because they are originally – like whenever a player tests positive, they have it in like their protocol rules whatever where the team isn't supposed to say who the player is. They're, they're protected in that. Yet we still know that yeah. Eduardo Rodriguez, Dahlbeck, Hernandez, and Taylor were the four players. Like they announced it anyways. So I don't really, I don't really understand that. Um, I guess it doesn't really matter too much knowing who the players are, but I, I don't really know. Well, I, I for, teams do have an obligation to report how many players test positive, though. Yeah, I mean, it, it just it sucks to have this speculation. And I was thinking about it for the NHL too, because the NHL said we're not going to say injuries, we're not going to say COVID tests, and you can't say anything. So it's very similar in baseball, and it's going to be tough to be like. You know, imagine being an MOB player and like, you know, hurting your ankle and having the entire world speculate on social media about what your injury is because you just can't say or you don't your team doesn't say what it is. You know? It's just odd. It's an odd area. I I feel like there should almost be like a secondary injured list, but for uh corona cases. There is. But like yeah. not make it well, but like not make it super public. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's uh, it's really tough, and uh, we were talking a little bit before we came on, but uh, MLB is kind of screwing up the testing a little bit, and that, that could be another reason why this season uh, could be in jeopardy. The delays in results. So there's been, ever since July 1st, when uh, summer camp started, I love how they call it summer camp, by the way. It's like sending your kids off to <laughs> summer camp in, like, fifth grade. But um, so when some it of first, them, it's very applicable. Yeah, like Devers or Ryan Weber. <laughs> Um, but when, when this whole thing started, July preparations, uh, the, <laughs> the players were supposed to get intake testing, get tested before they went with their team. But so that was on Friday, July 1st. Now there were no results for some teams on Monday still after that. And like the players have to still wait. So the Astros, the A's, the nationals, the angels all were canceling workouts and I think the Astros canceled workouts for a second time recently. It is like the whole, this whole thing isn't going to work 
unless players can get tested and get those results back quickly. Because they're supposed to be tested exactly. every other day, and you're supposed to keep it contained. Like if a player tests positive, you got to get them out of there away from the other players and keep them isolated. So you got to know who has it and who doesn't in real time. Right, because you also need to know if they test positive, you got to be able to run contact testing as soon as possible with the other players they've interacted with. Right. Yeah. And if it's taking yep. too long, then it's just going to keep spreading if you don't know what's happening. The MLB well, really I, I wonder how on the ball with it. I wonder how the MLB is going to do with the personnel outside of the actual players and even people who have only a marginal impact on or a marginal effect on touching players or, you know, in the, in the areas that the players are, I wonder how they're going to control like those people, like the, the people, the cleaning people or the people who, I don't know, do the, do the hotel rooms. I wonder how that's going to be because that's the only way to get it in. Right. Cause I heard there's big fines for the uh, players leaving the, the hotels that they're supposed to be in. Right. Yeah, in Toronto, um, they were talking about seven hundred fifty thousand dollars fines and potential jail time for leaving the uh, oh my the God. bubble. I yeah, maybe I, don't. Wow. Do that. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know what like what that entails. Like, is Bo Bichette gonna get locked up in jail for going to the grocery store? <laughs> I don't know. It's scary. It the biggest thing, like <laughs> I said. <laughs> is you got to know who has it and who doesn't. And this whole thing, trying to play this season, trying to get baseball in, isn't going to work if you can't figure out the testing. If you still have guys not knowing if they're positive or not, and even like if they're in camp or even if they're not in camp, like you can't have that uh, indecisiveness and that unknown. Um, and I was reading that one baseball source was saying that the entire testing proce- process is a gigantic mess. And they said players were concerned over the large amount of false positives. That's another thing. And some were starting to seek independent tests away from team facilities. So if players are trying to get their own tests away from the team because the MLB isn't doing it well enough, that's a red flag right there. Also, that that, that test doesn't hold up in anything official MLB-wise. You're not going to be able to show, yeah, I went to the, went to the regular doctor and uh, I got a negative test, the MLB probably won't take that as like, okay, you can play, you know? So that's a whole mess. When you have the players angry at the MLB, that's a joke. Yeah, no, if if the players get back into a position where they're upset with how it's being run, we have the whole situation we had a couple weeks ago where the players union is just going to like hold out and not like say, we're not going to play. And I mean, players are already doing that. Yeah, you're probably going to see more players opting out as this goes on. Like Buster Posey was one of the latest ones to opt out. Mike Trout has David kind of been wavering. He, he might end up opting out. He's got the pregnant wife at home. You don't really know what's going to happen there, but that could be a big move if he decides to do that. Well, are these players like disappearing for that entire time? They're never going home. Even if they do get tested and get cleared, they're never going home. They're just, for the entire 60-game season, they're away from their family. Is that how it's going to go? Honestly, I don't even know anymore because they changed it, went back and forth so many times. Um, Mike Trout was concerned about bringing it back to his family. Um, so I'm not really sure if they get to see their families or not. I definitely know that they, they like the teams want the players to be as isolated as possible. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. It's like that baseball source said, it's a gigantic mess. I mean, in theory, if, you, if you're going to go home, you get tested you should be able to go home if you get a negative test. But then again, you don't know if it's 100% accurate. And the chances of you getting COVID when you're playing baseball are much higher, I would say. 
I don't know. And the other thing I was thinking too, the chances of getting COVID while playing baseball in this, this scenario that the MLB has created probably are, are lower than people in the general public, right? Probably. Yeah. Cause I mean, you're outside and, and like everybody's getting tested all the time. You would think that it probably is lower. But you know, you're, you're lowering your people you're in contact with. And that's not just like lower. Obviously you're going to be in contact with a whole lot of people, but those people aren't like, you know, by conjunction aren't in contact with a whole lot of people. They're all kind of with each other. Your whole team is, you know, with your team. Well, when you're out in the street, you know, your mom went to the supermarket and talked to six friends. Well, you know, and those six friends talk to six people. Like it seems like a lot more spread out when you're just in the general public. So I don't know if the fear should be there for the MLB. I was thinking about that also. I mean, I think it's a legitimate fear just because like we still don't know so much about COVID-19 and Corona. Like, yeah, there's so much we don't know that, it can it's like I think it's still reasonable to be a little bit fearful of like getting it and especially like a a lot of baseball players have young kids and like obviously they don't want any harm to come to their children or their families so well especially you when you're in the MLB bubble or you're in whatever it's not really a bubble for the MLB but these other other sports leagues or whatever the heck they're doing you um you don't you lack control like you do in the everyday life in everyday life, you can really lock yourself down, and in the MLB, you can't. And obviously, they make a decision to play or not, but it's tough as a player to, to not have that control, to have to trust the, uh, you know, the guy next to you that you have to play with to follow the rules. So Yeah, yeah I mean, too, I think. and I mean, I feel like the MLB isn't giving the players a whole lot of, like, well, obviously, they're not giving them room for error, but they're also just like they're dictating what they can and cannot do very, very strictly. And I think they're kind of rushed into all of their, I don't want to say like decisions, but like how they went about the situations. I don't know. Yeah. So to your point, Garrett, um, how they have to kind of like Joe Madden was saying the other day, how, everybody has to kind of step up across the league and be the best teammates they can be. He was basically saying how you can do whatever you want on the field, but once that game ends, once you leave that park, you have to make sure that you're looking out for your teammates in the league as a whole and not going hanging out with a bunch of people or putting yourself at risk because that, that puts everyone else at risk around you who's playing the game. Yeah. You really got to, you have to got to have that social responsibility. You got to make sure that, you don't screw it up for your second baseman or, you know, it's got to, you have the MLB does have that. They have that kind of brotherhood, obviously when you're playing sports, but it's a lot of responsibility on each player. It's almost to the degree where you're, you're a teammate first all the time at this point. Like there are no days off from being a teammate and being like looking out for the people around you. And, and, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to change the subject if you guys got stuff to say, but I think for the media coming into this season, it's, it's a lot worse too. It's, you know, how often is there a season where you get the media like harping on you so much, you know, I don't know. I, I, I want to say it in a better way, but this season is so difficult for the players to deal with the entire world staring at them. I just think so. Every little decision they make is going to be magnified to the nth degree and exactly. if they mess up even a little bit people are going to come after them for it 
And Which, you, I mean, you go our, into the MLB to be a player. You don't go into the MLB to give your opinion on global policy on, you know, how they treat pandemics. But you kind of exactly. have to. Right. It's a tough situation all around. Um, but, again, the biggest thing is just player safety. Uh, when we interviewed Austin Bryce, he said that was the biggest thing for him is just making sure everybody's safe. And that, that should be the main focus. Like, yes, we want to get baseball – played we want to see baseball we want to play baseball and all that but the priority should always be keeping everybody safe so if you can't play the season safely it it could be necessary to just call it quits and try next year and honestly we've made it this far without sports i mean it stinks but we have it's not an easy Uh, thing for sure but i'd rather have more fruitful seasons with like the strong, like the good players, then you know, have players start to lose their lives over some over this just shortened season. Yeah, that was a quote I saw. What happens if like a player dies? Like that, that is a very big risk that the league is taking on. Like that, that would be horrible. Yeah, well, I'd like, say the chances uh, the chances of that are so are so crazy low. Too, but the yeah, issue is, true. but the issue is. I say that, but I guarantee people listening to this are like, they totally disagree with me because the nature of this virus is that based on what your experience is, where you live, you know, even who you trust in the, in the media, the real world or the political world, you have a totally different perception of this. Yeah. So that's yeah. another thing like, that I, I worry as about. As people from the Northeast, we have a completely dis- different perspective as to people from Florida or Texas or places where Corona is really ramping up right now. I mean, we don't really like, we don't have as much of a window into to like how it's getting bad or like how bad it can possibly be at this point. And I mean, I know you like, there's a lower chance for MLB players, but still like the Jose Fernandez thing that rocked all of baseball and all of the community. And I mean, that on like a larger scale would just be devastating. Yeah, absolutely. Scary. Um, That's a good point that you have though is, the opinions on it and the, the scale of how bad it is in different parts of the country is very different depending on where you are. And um, this is my transition into talking about the schedule. The 2020 schedule was released. And because of what I just said, they're trying to keep it um, in the same general like part of the country. Like we're only going to be playing East coast teams. Um, so we get 10 games against each of the, the teams in our division, Blue Jays, Orioles, Rays, Yankees. So we play 10 games against the Yankees. Seven of those are at Yankee Stadium. Yep. Stupid. I, the Yankees schedule always makes me mad. I, I don't know how you let that happen. I, it seems so easy just to be like, let's make it five and five. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, then again, it doesn't, doesn't matter that much. Probably not. I, it, for the MLB players, you get such great accommodations in other teams' stadium that it's just the inconvenience of having to travel. It's not like right. in, you know, lower leagues or college football or anything where it's like um, difficult for teams to get there. Like it's a huge adjustment because you have such like high class accommodations for your team. But it's and not that big of a deal. It still sucks though. <laughs> yeah. Especially with the fact that there won't be fans, like there won't be as many Yankee fans like heckling Red Sox players. So it might even be better. You probably yeah. will make less of an impact. I think um, if it was any other year, still. this would be a lot more significant. But because, like you said, there are no fans in the stands, you don't get a, a Johnny from downtown Brooklyn yelling at you and throwing his popcorn at you. So 
exactly. I don't think it will be like, that big of a deal. Like, yeah. If, if, but, like, you know that if, like, a Yan- if the Yankees had to play seven games at Fenway, there would be complaining. Yeah. Well, we're like, complaining, so I don't blame them. <laughs> well, but, like, I feel like the way we're complaining isn't like, oh, this sucks. Like, we, we understand, like, it's not that big a deal, but, like, re- like, could you not have just done five and five? Yeah, it seems so easy just to do five and five. Whatever. I'll, I'll live with it. I'll live with it. But uh, the interesting thing is about, like, the crowds and the hecklers. They're pumping in crowd noise, which is funny to me. Yeah. Um, I guess they are. I don't know. Are, 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 you like the crowd noise? I I enjoy the uh, the hum of the crowd, even though it might not be that big. I enjoy the hum of just the, you know, I don't want to sound it out. It sounds stupid. But um, I do enjoy that. No, make the noise. And then, of course, no. no. You know, like the constant, <sighs> the whole time. There you go. That. I enjoy that. That's cool. That's an atmosphere thing. And then, of course, when it gets tense in the ninth inning or whatever, that's cool, too. But then again, I think it would be so awesome to just have your team be the only source of energy for you in the ninth inning. Like, the players would still feel jacked, you know? If you if you got your teammates screaming for you, that they still would feel excited. It still would have tension in the, the late innings, the tense moments. I mean – there's nothing I want to see more than like Devers like on the bench screaming with like someone up to bat at the very end of the game while he's in the stands. Like to me, that's just like, that would be so, that would be so cool to watch. But I just think it'd be so fun to have like, you know, all these guys have been stuck inside, stuck dealing with all this, this crap. And a lot of it, you know, political, a lot of it, like, you know, I'm scared for this, scared for that. But they decided to be there. They're there. They're playing the sport that they love. And, of course, they're making money, finally. Just to have that while also being able, like, so excited that you're back, while also being so excited that you get to hype up your team solely without having to worry about a machine pumping in crowd noise, it just seems like such a cool experience to just have an MLB team hyping itself up. I, I don't know. It's it authentic cool that way. You get to hear the sounds it of does. the games it's- and the, the emotion of the players. I know it, it's insane. I, I was just gonna say that's part of the reason why baseball is baseball is because it's an emotional sport. Like the players that play put their emotion into it, and they they give give it everything they got. And I mean that authenticity, I think, would make it even more fun to like at least more fun to enjoy this year when we are we're stripped away from our own emotional investment from not being able to be there. I am kind of mixed on it though. I, I have two different like viewpoints of it. Like one, like we're talking about, it'd be great to hear that that like real part of the game, the the sounds of the game, the sounds of the players. But at the same time, like think about it. Like you're playing. Let's like we were talking about the Yankee Stadium. Your Yankee Stadium, top of the ninth. You're down by two, bases loaded, and Xander Bogarts hits like a grand slam. That's a bad example because Yankee Stadium. Hold on. So you're at Fenway Park, bottom of the ninth <laughs> against the Yankees. Same situation. Bogarts hits a walk off grand slam. It'd be weird if it just is like. And then it's gone. And then there's like no crowd noise except the players being like, yeah, but it'd be, it's just like, you know what I'm saying? Like you hit that walk off Homer in the ninth and you don't have the crowd going nuts. That's going to feel pretty weird. It is. Yeah. But then again, you're also playing for your teammates and, and there's millions of little league games and old man softball games. And yeah, that, and that like have that energy when it's just, some, when there's no crowds, you know, at some point, every single player has been in a game where there haven't been like that many fans there. 
That's a good so, point. Like, they know. Exactly, yeah. It's like, like they've experienced it before, I guess, is yeah, my it, point. It's kind of like bringing back, bring them back to like their roots and like the, the heart of baseball. And like the, like we said, it's authentic. It's, it's the game of baseball in its truest form. Yeah. So going along with that, one thing I was thinking is last year we were talking about how great it was when they mic'd up the players and they should do that more. So if you, like, ha- like this season, mic up the players. If we're going to hear the players and, like, the emotion of the players, let us hear it, like, clearly, like, with mics on, on the broadcast. I think that would be great. I think it would be awesome, too. It's just you have the issues of, you know, wh- what players want to be heard through the, 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 heard through the television. It would be cool to have, like, a Red Sox team rep that you're confident in, like, screening everything. That would be cool. Wait, yeah. Um, but that would be – It'd be awesome. I think up, we get Joey out there. <laughs> yeah, mic up one guy from the team to be like the cheerleader. You just hear them for the whole game, everything that happens with them. Oh, no, wait. And then and put the mic in like the stadium speakers. So you got that one guy on the bench cheering and you hear it throughout the whole stadium. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but you gotta funny. make sure that he, he you gotta make sure he's a good heckler though. Like he can't be someone who has like really bad insults. True. I was um I was thinking too. So I love I love fights. I always have. I love fights <laughs> so much. I was thinking, what what happens? Like, would fights be more common because you can hear everything that every player says with no crowd noise? Even with the pumped-in crowd noise, you can still yell across the diamond and they can hear you. Would fights be more common with with crap talking from the dugout being heard? Like, that's I don't I think, think it so. would be. Because no, well, you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry about the crowd. You don't have to. You feel so disconnected from that idea of feeling professional because it's through a camera, not through like twenty feet away. You got the guy in row one. So I feel like it could be a lot more like players being themselves. Yes, That's, but at the same time, I'm pretty sure the MLB like put out like a, a stricter like no fighting policy because of Corona. Oh, yeah. That's, okay. That's a good like point. The physical actually. fights that's like that, I, I don't think we'll see really any of those. But that's a, that's a very interesting point you bring up with like the verbal fights now that you can hear everything. Like I remember playing games when I was like 15, 16, and we're in the dugout, like talking about the shortstop as loud as we can. Like, look at that dude's sunglasses flipped up on his head. Look at that. Look at that. And then, and then he's like looking over at us and he tries to make the, the play cool and they make the error and the whole bench goes crazy and making fun of him. Like, if we see that, that would be awesome. There would, in, in the ideal, real, ideal reality, there would be more, more antics in the dugout. I, I remember I got my little taste of it. I never got to play with the real good baseball players until my freshman year, until I moved up to JV, right? And these guys loved baseball. It was their thing. They played, like, two seasons a year, and they had the coolest, like chirps I've ever heard and it sounds so nerdy but as a little freshman when you're welcome to the world of trash talking it's like the <laughs> coolest thing ever and I just can't wait to see like the like the, it would be so cool and I'm not saying it will happen but it'd be so cool to have the MLB players with all their baseball experience doing what you we used to do with like you know you take the uh the Gatorade bottles and you wrap them up with tape and you use it like a sniper and you aim yeah. at the third baseman and you yell at the third baseman like, hey, hey, third, hey, third. And you pretend to snipe him and he sees you and then he smirks. Or you do like the bench press thing. That's been done in the MLB, but dude, it would be so, it would be so cool. That would be so good. That would be awesome. I mean, you it's see like they stuff. say, let the kids play. Like, let these players yeah. embrace their inner children. Yeah, let's see the real players to see their personalities. That'd be so cool. I just think real, real personality would come out when you don't have to worry 
you know, not that you don't have to worry about being as professional, but it's so different when the entire everyone watching you is through a screen rather than everyone than having all those people in the stadium. You know, you don't have to worry as much. I feel like so. I, plus, I I feel like you would get a little bit more of that if there is no like pumped in crowd noise. It's just gonna be silent, and you you can't just play baseball in silence. Like you're gonna be you're gonna be chirping guys. You're gonna be saying stuff. You're gonna be talking with your teammates, and all that's gonna be magnified. So I really think there is gonna be. Um, some new like level of the game that we really haven't seen before with the players. Yeah, I'm hoping for kind of this like, I'm honestly waiting just for a player to start like singing on the field because yeah. I feel like that's something someone will do. I I used to do that when I was in the outfield. No, I know. Board, I'm sure I you did hear it. Yeah, you know me. Well, like when they mic up pitchers in like spring training, like two of my favorites. I, I, don't, I guess he wasn't really mic'd up, but you know how, like, Max Scherzer grunts when he pitches? Like, with no yeah. fans oh in the stands, gosh. that is going to be magnified that. so much. I hate that. When the pitchers do, like, the, uh, after every single pitch, that bothers me so You're much. You're going to hear that now. <laughs> I know. And then the other one, Trevor Bauer, that's one of my favorite videos. When he's mic'd up, I think it's spring training, and he's throwing, and you hear him saying, like, oh, 92. That's not going to do it. And they, oh, 91, come on. And it's like saying, oh, here comes a changeup. Like, pitcher especially with pitchers some pitchers are like really kind of like crazy so if you can like joe kelly if you can hear what they're saying um like right before pitches or like, I, again that's another cool level of the game that we haven't really seen before that we could get and another reason to mic up the players pitchers and catchers are weird they're just they're <laughs> bred totally differently they're like they're just odd and and they i are. love that and i love i love the mic'd up part and uh, not that we're gonna I get that but you're I'd love to hear Munchkin Man mic'd up. <laughs> if you like yeah. that conversation, like if you hear Erod and Vasquez kind of like talking, that'd be pretty cool. Another thing too, and I think it's awesome. I think it would also like help the league financially in a sense because like it could help grow the game. Yeah, and like because like what other leagues are doing that to that extent? The like biggest one in the entire. I mean, not to that extent, but the what the NFL does through NFL Films, where they have the mics on the players, and they, afterwards they do like the little the videos with the recaps and stuff. Those are wonderful, and more sports need to catch on because baseball does a really bad job marketing players. Like, come on, man, give us that at least. Like, you need to enhance the viewing experience in some way. Give us something cool. Absolutely. Another thing. I don't too. know what else you could do. Well, another thing too is I've seen a couple of um, like video clips so far from like camp in July here when they put the the camera in the catcher's mask or in the umpire's mask and you get that view. That is such a cool view that I really hope that they incorporate in broadcast like seeing baseball again. It kind of brings you back to your roots of playing the game with no fans in the stands like as a kid like seeing that perspective of the the catcher looking out and seeing everything and seeing the batter swinging right there. That's a really cool perspective. Yeah. Something that like a lot of people don't have anymore. Like, I mean, obviously we're all washed up, but (laughs) like when you get to a certain age, like your glory days are behind you. Like, I don't know. I, I bet like, I don't know. My dad probably would love to be able to do that again and like be able to see from that perspective again, like he did when he was a kid. I feel like that would be something that would really strike different with the older audience that like has kind of flaked out on baseball. Yeah. And you're seeing like the professional players doing this. So you get to be 
up close like that with these guys who are the best in the world at what they're doing. So seeing even like, like just seeing like JD Martinez's hands move back from that perspective and seeing where he sees the pitch that it's so cool. And it would definitely make like a lot of younger fans more invested because they'd have more to learn and see while they were watching and listening to the game. Yeah. What if the MLB during like, you know, the in between innings, like had had like people send in videos and like Twitter upvotes like the best videos and you just show them on the big screen in between innings. I'm just brainstorming, but I'm having a great time right now. But imagine like like you have like a ten year old kid or you know, a seven year old kid be like, JD Martinez, I love you. Go Red Sox and show that. I don't know. I, I'm just uh, that'd be so cool. I just I want something to enhance the experience. Yeah. <laughs> I just, you get the boom I want sauce something. Guy. <laughs> oh god. Oh yeah. I don't know, man. I just want something to to enhance the experience of the to make it like the fans feel like they actually are a part of the game. Yeah. Because what what do you want the most out of the corona the corona title, the corona season in any of these sports? What do you want the most? You want to bring people together. You want a sense of normalcy. And you want, you want unity. I don't know why I said that. I don't know why I said it like that. You want unity. You want people feeling like they belong. You want everyone coming together for everything that people love. America's game, baseball. So give us something cool. Like, I don't know, show, show people's faces across like, the, the screen. Do something. I don't know. I just I, I think the MLB needs to go out of its way to really do something special. But I can only dream, I guess. Yeah, I, I agree. It's uh, they have an opportunity to do something like that that can grow the game. And knowing Rob Manfred, they probably won't take advantage of the opportunity. But I really hope that they do. I think that would be really cool. Get, get something to make baseball in the headlines for a positive reason, please. Yeah, like, give, give me yeah. a good thing about baseball. That's all we need, sport- man unique in comparison to all the other sports and what they're doing to, you know, further their game. Like, I love hockey. I love the sport of hockey. But in what world should the NHL be the staple of how to move forward with a season? Like, in what world should the NHL be leading the, leading the entire Amer- major American sports in how to run a corona season? It's just sad to me that that league was the one that got its crap together before any other one. It's disappointing that you know, all these other leagues had to lag behind. Yeah. So give give baseball a positive headline for once. Because everyone baseball already hates that freaking. <laughs> Honestly, it does. Because I love the sport. People need to people need to learn how to enjoy it, you know? Yeah. And it's just it's hard to enjoy it from an outsider's perspective who's someone who hasn't like been invested in the game for a long time. Like when you see like players like beefing with their owners and like players union going back and forth with the MLB and Manford. It's just, I don't know. It just seems like a, a lot of drama that people probably don't want to get invested in. Exactly. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, do we want to do questions now? Sure. Garrett, your job is to read the questions. Yeah. Garrett is back. It's so true. he's That's got the question. It was true. weird last week reading them myself. It didn't feel right, but you're back. So let's go. <laughs> yeah. I am. Um, I'm kind of back. I don't know how the audio quality is going to be. I'm on a campground in Martha's Vineyard. Anyway, if anyone sees me here, say hi. I don't know if you know what I look like. <laughs> um, what do we think about the fake crowd noises? We touched on that. Um, yeah. I think we're good there. 
Well, did we touch What's on the, the deal the, with Pedroia? Wait, 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 time out. Like the concept of just pumping in fake crowd noise. Like the fact that it's not, it's just fake. It kind of sounds weird in my opinion. Okay. Well, they haven't, they my, haven't figured it out yet, but. My perspective is if you're doing it when there are already fans there, it's stupid and you, it's True. just kind of a waste. True. But if there are no fans there, like I can see the point of it. Renicky so really when, liked it. He said he thinks it energizes the players. So. Yeah, because I think I that know. you know you're lacking that that energy when there are no fans there. So. I don't think it makes a huge difference, but. Yeah, I don't but think it the makes a big like difference. It, we, should, we should do it for the players. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah, but the players should be able to energize themselves, man. This happens in every league where that no one cares about that people. Play. This happens in the like the real world. The MLB is such a small portion of baseball as a sport. You know. It, the entire world is playing baseball with no fans, and people love it. So why do we need fake crowd noise? We don't at all. It's just inauthentic. Yeah. I, I love just hearing the sounds of the game, like I said. Exactly. The other thing, too, I saw a video of a home run. When you hit a homer now and there's no fans, it goes right into the seat, and you get this major like sound, and it's just amazing. <laughs> oh, good point. Good point. I'm very confident in, from a TV viewing perspective, that baseball will be back and enjoyable. Yeah. All right. Next question. Uh, what's up with Pedroia? Do we know? I, I honestly have no clue. Um, it My dad feels, asked that today. It feels Crazy. like he's retired, but he's not. It does. He's just yeah. on whatever like the longest injured list is. I think. I don't think he's playing this season. I don't think he was even. I. I doubt he would. With the health risks and his knee, it just doesn't make any sense for him to try to play this season. No one's even considered him to play this season. So I think he's probably going to yeah. see what he can do this offseason in terms of recovery um, and try to play next season. I think that's where he's at is just try for next season. Um, but we're not going to see him this year. Oh, I feel like he's just kicking him. the can down the road. Exactly, yeah. He's, like, he's holding on and not really in a good way, I think. Yeah, but I but mean, we already have we have a plan at second base, don't we? So where is he going to fit in? So that's one thing that I wanted to talk about. Um, do we have a plan for second base? There's this debate, this battle going on between Jose Peraza and Michael Javis. I wanted to bring that up and talk about it. Who should be our starter at second base? Javis. Javis. I- yeah, I really, I don't see how there's much of an argument to be honest. Because right I mean, now, I think Jose Peraza is the starter, though. Because he's the one going out there with the starters for, like, the infield workouts. Like, you've got Devers, Bogarts, Peraza, and Moreland. I, I don't know. And then again, it is also the, the COVID times, so you never know what's going on. That's behind true, the too. But I, I honestly think – I agree that Michael Chavis should start at second pace, but I think Jose Peraza is someone people are kind of sleeping on. He's 26 years old and a former top prospect and a, a – consistent minor league all-star when he was in the minors the the difference though is that Peraza is kind of like the opposite of Michael Chavis Michael Chavis is pure power and Peraza is pure contact and on base so they're two very different players that both have value I think we lack we lack a lot of that power now um I think the appeal of Chavis is that he's very flashy and still has a very high ceiling with a lot of potential yeah, 
As long as he's not sticking a needle in his arm, Chavis is the future. <laughs> that's my opinion. Yeah. And I, I hate to but say I, that I, as, a, as a fan, but it's always I, I do see the, the appeal of, um, of starting Peraza just because he can't – he like, we don't have as much contact as we do power on the team, and it's it's a good idea to have balance in the lineup. Right. It also gives it gives Renicky options, though. Yeah. You know? Having That's that true. kind of depth and those those high quality options is a great problem for a team to have. I think Cora did a good job at managing those options. You know, he was big on the whole like lefty righty thing. He's very good at the he was very good at the nuance. So hopefully Renicky pulls that off also. Right. Yeah. Well, and I mean he's gonna have to with J. I think he's got a pretty easy baseline to start with with JBJ and. Uh, Pilar, yeah. In terms of like, that's I mean, another guy Pilar. too. I think Kevin Pilar is another player people are sleeping on. I think he's going to do great. Yeah, I think so too. I'm I'm excited to see him play. I think he's he's always been a good player. He really has. Yeah. I'm I'm glad he came to the Red Sox. Next question. Uh, Jose Moda says, as a child, I got to play catch with the legend legends like Hank Aaron. Which legend would you play catch with? First of all, that's insane, but I'll let you guys answer that, that, that question that, first. That is that's cool. so cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, Babe Ruth, just to kind of, like, see that dude, see if he's real and, like, what he's like. Uh, <laughs> um, he's kind of, like, you, you talk about baseball, and then Babe Ruth is, like, the face of, like, the older players and, like, the, the, the go-to best player in the, ever or whatever. So it would be cool for that. Um, my my answer is easy. It comes straight to my head, and I hope it's not. If it's play catch, I think of that term as almost like, you know, you get to talk to a person. Hopefully, it's not just like play catch from hundred feet away. But if I got to like speak to someone or play catch with them, it would be totally be Jackie Robinson. Like easy, bang. Oh yeah, that's a good one. That's really my answer. One. So so quick. I just the, the the stuff that that guy went through and his perseverance and his impact on. You know, not just baseball, but America as a whole is, is insane. So that's my answer. That's a really good answer. <laughs> yeah. Alex, you got one? I don't know. Um, it's, it's, but I, I, I do think Garrett's answer was probably one of the best, better answers you can give. Yeah. No, I, I, I just think it would be awesome. Yeah. And then, and then also other guys like, you know, uh, Play catch is kind of funny, but maybe like David Ortiz just because of his significance to Boston as you know the Boston Red Sox. I would love to um, throw BP to David Ortiz. Yeah, that behind be the cool L too. screen though, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. I don't want to die. Yeah. <laughs> Next question. Which moves happen? Here we go. Sign Puig. Uh, sign a trade for a pitcher. All right, or the or which one's more likely? We'll go for that. What's Puig doing anyway? The rumors around him have slowed down. Since he's last a offer. free agent. I don't under, I don't really understand why he's a free agent, and I really don't understand why the Red Sox are interested in him. We have Verdugo, Pilar, Jackie Bradley Jr., Andrew Benatendi, and JD Martinez, and we have like he's not a depth guy you would sign. Yasiel Puig isn't a depth guy. He's barely even a bench guy. Like he he's a starter. I feel like. Dude, COVID, COVID season's the time to do stuff like this. That's my opinion. If you're going to sign someone, though. the time though, to do stupid things, man. We need pitching. We don't need another outfielder. So you think, you think signing a pitcher is 
Do you think that could happen? Likely yeah, uh, or unlikely, but could happen. I was looking yeah. at the free agents. Um, Aaron Sanchez is the the guy who I've kind of been hearing the Red Sox connected to for a little while, and I think he makes sense. He's coming off an injury, a pretty big injury, but he has had success before. He's still relatively young. I think the only tough thing is you don't have a minor league season, so you can't really sign him to a minor league deal and see what he does in AAA. So that that's one problem with that. But I think he has some upside, and I, I think he's a good depth guy at least. Didn't we get yeah. Colin McHugh? Yeah, we did. And because our rotation is so broken, he's like our fourth or fifth starter. So, well, okay, he's good. So like, though. he's good. I, don't I, like know. I, th- I he he's he's a pretty good player in my opinion. I think he'll be okay if he's healthy. So the other free agents, um, Andrew Kashner is still out there. We could have a little reunion with him. Oh, good. <laughs> and then another guy, um, Alan Webster. He's out there. I forgot he existed. Yeah, and the crazy thing is, he's only 30 years old. That's insane. No. It feels like he no. played so long ago for the Red Sox. I'm sorry, I zoned out. <laughs> <laughs> and a fun fact, his uh, career ERA is 6.03, so quality. That's wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. I'm looking at the questions, and the you didn't say will the Sox get Will Myers, but I want to answer that. I no. was literally just gonna say okay. that, bro. Well, don't, don't you don't you Fine. discount sorry. me? I'm, I'm good at my job. I have one I job that's freaking you. good at it. All right? So I can't see if you that's like true. what you're thinking. So, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> so many people have walked by me, and they've been like, "What the heck are you doing?" I don't know if you guys heard, but I took my earbud out, and I was like, "This guy was like, you sitting all by your alone by yourself." I'm like on the totally opposite side of a field, like against the woods. It's very odd. And there's a road here. If someone else walks by, just ask them to come on the podcast and ask them a question. Well, I was thinking about it, it, right? I was going to be like, like, you Red Sox fans? Yeah. (laughs) I was was thinking about that too. That was funny. I was, uh, because I I answered the phones at Brick House. So if you guys are ever recording a podcast while I'm working, call me up. I'll totally answer. All right. Will Myers. (laughs) Yes. You want to ask the question? No, Jason. Yeah, yeah. I do. Oh, Thank okay. you very much, Jason. Let me do my job. Um, <laughs> Will Sox get Will Myers? <laughs> um, I, I haven't heard much about it recently. I liked the trade a lot when they were first talking about it. I don't really know how likely it is that even, like, any trades really happen this season. With all the logistics of the testing and the isolation, I don't know how easy it is to acquire a player, especially from the West Coast. Um, so that could make it difficult. But basic concept-wise, I like the trade and hope it happens. I just don't really think it's going to happen this year. It could still happen, like, maybe in the offseason. Um, but I, I don't really think it's going to happen this year, this season. Yeah. I, I, that's pretty much where my head went immediately. And final question, standing prediction. Um, I also don't know why I said it like that. What are the standing predi- What are the predictions for the standings? That, uh, never mind. Give them to me. Yeah. <laughs> um. I don't. I don't want to say it, but I feel like the, I mean the Yankees are probably going to be in first. The real question is: Will it be the Rays or the Red Sox in second place? Well, and the real question is: Will the Red Sox be able to sneak into a wild card spot if they are yeah. in the third spot? the third season I'm I'm in the division. I'm sneaky I'm sneaky confident in the Red Sox honestly me too but um 
don't know. I just think you got big bats. You can't discount oh, big yeah. bats. No, okay. When you need, uh, when I'm you need putting the hit, Red Sox in second place. Yeah, I think. I am too. Yeah. I, followed, I think in a 60 yeah. game season, you have to take the bats over the pitching. Yeah. And they're under That's what I said. When you, this is the I season mean, you, for crap to shine. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Because you, you can, you don't have the, you don't have the long season to get exposed. You only get 60 games. So, well, and I, you know, you also don't have the long season to figure it out, but. And when you compare the Red Sox and Rays, Rouse, the Rays are definitely more built towards pitching. And yeah. because pitching can be so streaky, I just, and because it's just so unpredictable, I think I think you have to take the hitting and be more confident in the hit it, the hitters team yeah, than the, uh, the pitchers team. I think this season if is. If I know one thing very... about baseball is you have to hit to score runs. Yes. That's correct. <laughs> I think I said it before, but I think this season is going to be very offense focused. I think there's going to be a lot of high scoring games. Um, so that, that's one reason why the offense makes a bigger difference this season. So I really do think the Red Sox are going to have a good year. I think they have a very underrated team um, with a lot of guys people are sleeping on, and I think they're going to they're gonna do well. I think a lot also, of their free agent science signings flew under the radar, and they're actually going to produce fairly well. Yeah, I agree with that, Alex. Well, like, I think also, Pilar, thing, I think um, Peraza, and I think Verdugo all have good to – or decent to good years, and I think, you know, we can count on Benintendi, Devers, and – JD and Bogarts to all be great. Bogarts has impressed me this season taking a leadership role. I don't know if it's because he's had all the questions directed at him because, you know, the whole world thinks that he's the next guy up, but he's impressed me. He, he's been the guy, the go-to guy for answers, you know, as with the Red Sox. You know, he's a leader. Good, good to have, well, he's the guy who's been there the longest at this point, I think. I mean, he was there in 2013. Yeah. yeah. But and he I, I is the guy. Some, you know, he's taking it on very gracefully, and, you know, he's doing a good job. Also, I think with um, the way that the season is going to start, with the amount of preparation that pitchers have um, with their team against live hitters, it's not as much as you would hope. So maybe, again, that points to the more offensive-focused kind of thing. That'll do it for the questions. Um, I have a, a question for you guys. So I saw Dave Dombrowski has a new job. Do you have any guesses of what it is? Is it – um? wait, wait. Is it tearing the Washington Nationals rotation apart? It is not <laughs> – it is not a job in Major League Baseball. What is it? Oh, wait. I remember something like this. I remember it vaguely. I, when I when I first saw the headline, I was really hoping it was something like he's working at like TJ Maxx, um, <laughs> oh. but what it really is is he was made a baseball advisor for Music City Baseball Group, and they're trying to bring a major league team to Nashville. Really? Is that like yeah. is that like their only thing? That's that it. it'll be the Mariners. Um, and the site, the website lists a series of music industry advisors. That include country stars Kane Brown, Eric Church, Luke Combs, and pop star Justin Timberlake. Wow, I love it. You, Just imagine, imagine Dave Dombrowski in a room with those four people. <laughs> I can't. I can't picture Dave Dombrowski sitting across from Luke Combs and like Luke Combs being able to take him seriously. I would pay money to see Dave Dombrowski trying to talk to any of those guys. 
it's uh him and like his his suit and like his hair all like slicked back and you got Luke Combs and his like his his beard t-shirt and his hat <laughs> his his bright orange beard yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then and then Dave and Bradley's like, Craig Kimbrell? Oh, can I trade you away for assets, or should I just not resign you instead? <laughs> oh yeah, oh, that's great. Um, another thing. Uh, so the Fourth of July was this past weekend. There was the hot dog eating competition. Did you guys catch that? I did no, not catch did it, not. but I heard about it. Yeah. Um. So my question is, who on the Red Sox would be the best? Uh, would perform the best in the hot dog eating competition? Christian Vasquez, no questions. Hmm. Christian Vasquez. He's literally a monument dog. Man. That's that's interesting. I I maybe think like someone like no, give me give me like uh give me like a volley, some like some fierce competitor that you wouldn't see Actually, out of nowhere, but that mm, would be really no. mad if they lost. Chris Chris Sale. He's literally. Got I was the thinking that. It. I was thinking that because he's so tall, like they can just stack up inside of him, like it would work great. Yeah, no, he's 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 got the build for it, and he's like he is a he, hot dog. He does not like to lose at all. <laughs> I, that yeah, that's a that's an interesting choice that you wouldn't really think uh, looking at him. He's yeah. not on the Red Sox anymore, but Pablo Sandoval would crush that. <laughs> I um I broke my belt at work yet uh, a few <laughs> days ago. Immediately started thinking of that guy. Oh yeah. <laughs> got anything else before we wrap this up? No, I uh, I just got a text that we're being charged for another overage data, so we get charged fifteen dollars for every overage. We're up to seventy five bucks. Nice. <laughs> so this is this is really bad, and we haven't gone over in like a year, but this one month we're up to seventy five bucks. Is July eleventh? It yeah it expires the fourteenth. We got oh, the fourteenth. Okay. <laughs> Don't worry. Last, so, um, last weekend, Garrett told me when it when it expired, and then I was like, Garrett, that's not good. It's like the Fourth of July, and he's like, No, 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 it expires the fourteenth. Okay. We were like, we got to camping, and we were like, we gotta conserve the data. And then my dad said, No, turn on Martha's Vineyard Radio on streaming. Like, so we wanted to stream it. So <laughs> he just doesn't Vineyard care apparently. Wow. Yeah. Well, we listen to Martha's Vineyard Radio even when we're not on Martha's Vineyard. But <laughs> highly recommended. If you if you're a music fan, highly recommended Martha's Vineyard Radio. Yeah. All right. GJ's gotta sign off. I gotta go sleep. I'm exhausted. All right, that'll do it for this week. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back. Next week is a big episode. That will be the season predictions because uh it's right before the season starting. So come back for that. We'll make our predictions for the, <laughs> the players and the season. That's a good one. Um, but thanks for listening this week. We'll see you then. Bye guys. Bye.